Hey, I got a quick story for you. I was talking to a good friend today, former Marine, uh, WM, good pal of mine, Ellen. We're reminiscing about the Corps and about, you know, back in the friggin' day. Talking about, uh, oh, Jimmy Buffett comes on. I said, what do you want to listen to? She goes, I'd really like to see, I said, the stones are coming around. She goes, you want to see those? She said, nah, you know, I'd like to see stones, but I really like to see Jimmy Buffett. I said, yeah, I'd like to see Jimmy Buffett too. I was telling her, it brought back a memory when I was in the Corps. The year was 1995 or 6. I'll say 1996. So I had just made corporal. So I was an E4. I picked up a little bit of rank. And, you know, the thing about rank, you start to get a little, you start to realize as your enlistment progresses and comes to a, you know, you got a, a year left, let's say. You're like, man, I'm a corporal now. I got a little bit of power. I can, uh, I'm in charge of a squad of Marines. I've got a little bit more pay. I can afford uh, a car or what we call a POV, personally operated vehicle. Uh, I think that's what it stands for. Anyway, you start to friggin' smell the roses a little bit. You're like, man, all this bullshit I was complaining about being a Marine, how it sucked at mil- in the military towns around Camp Lejeune. Um, I'm starting to realize things can, are pretty good. You know, I'm making a little bit more money, got a little more privileges, treated with more respect. And so I was hanging out with this, uh, these guys, these Marines that just got to the unit. They were fresh off the drill field. So they were drill instructors for a number of years and had, had a lot of success down there. And they were like the iconic Marine drill instructors, in my view. These guys could do no wrong. They were physically studs. They were mentally sharp. They they had their shit together. They, they some of the discipline and the, and the training that they had from their drill instructor days. They just had a swagger about them. I wanted to be like them, and I had picked up some rank, and so I started. They took me under their wing, and really made me wanna be a marine. Maybe made me consider rejoining. You know, reenlisting in the marines. And they took me under their wing, not only in a military capacity, but they showed me that even in a, little sh- in a shitty town, military town like Camp Lejeune, where it seems like all the civilians hate you and you just can't wait to get out of the town, that there's actually life in a pretty decent community that if you're cool and you're not the typical Marine um, doing stupid shit, they give you respect and... Who knows, maybe you could even get laid. So, we would go to this place called the Marina. And it was a little bar and grill right on the New River. And people could pull up with their boats if they wanted. It's a mixture of civilians and Marines. So, But there's so many Marines. Everybody's connected to the military, of course. So, we called it the Marinza because there was just a shitload of Marines in there. And it was often a sausage fest meaning there were a few women, but sometimes there would be women that would come there. It was a nice place. And getting to my connection with Jimmy Buffett, they would just blast Jimmy Buffett all the time. It was like a parrot head bar, beach theme, decent food and drink, a nice place. But there would always be brawls and shit 
um, with the Marines, right? So my buddy, the guy that just got off the drill field, he bounced there. He was a doorman, and he's like, hey, man, you got to come to the Marina and come hang out with us, so I did. And I met some, made some good friends, earned their trust. Next thing you know, I'm hanging out with this bartender. She was um, a beautiful blonde woman named Susan. I say girl because she was probably... Shit, I was 21. She was probably 24 at the time. A little bit older than me, right? And I don't know what her story was prior to my meeting her, but if she was a bartender in a military town like Camp Lejeune, she probably went down there to um, as a as a submarine's wife or girlfriend and wound up staying there somehow because nobody would want to live in Jacksonville. Anyway, she was single. We got together and we were we fell in love. We were there all the time. I was there when I got off work. I would come and wait for her until she got off shift. We lived together for a, sh- for a period of months. And it was just a, an awesome time. And she was a great person. And like I said, we fell in love. We were young and in love. And we both had probably been through some relationships and lost. Uh, I, my high school sweetheart just dumped me. Was fooling around with my buddies back in Jersey while I was deployed so she's a whore, you know, but we're out there, she's bartending, I'm drinking beer at the bar with her, so we'd get off, we'd go home, and, you know, just spend a lot of great time together, Uh, this is kind of, I don't know, creepy, but I remember before I met her, Susan, I had this, I was really stressed out, I was real still, still bent and bent out of shape from my, um, my high school sweetheart fucking me over. And so I was really stressed out. And I remember I had broken out in a bad rash. Like, I think it was actually um, ringworm. So a fungal infection. I was always around gyms and uh, was a hard body, lifting weights and going out in the field and getting dirty. So ringworm was pretty common. I had a pretty bad bout of it. I remember it was on my chest and my neck. And it just was unsightly, and I felt like a scumbag. You know, I felt like I was just dirty. So I met her, and our first weekend spent together, we had a great time and just, like I said, fell in love. And overnight, my friggin' rash was gone. I'd never see it again. I, I told my buddy, I said, I think I fell in love. And that cured me of this fungal infection couldn't freaking believe it. To this day, I have no other explanation for that, but I never had that rash again. Uh, she had that rash at that point. No, I'm kidding. She didn't get a rash either. It was excellent. We had, for the next six months, we spent, you know, basically inseparable, had some tremendous times uh, at the marina and listened to our Jimmy Buffett until we couldn't stand it anymore. Cheeseburger in Paradise, I probably know the Every tune, every song, every riff from Jimmy Buffett. So I have an appreciation for the man. I remember that my deployment was coming up. So here we are in the throes of this romance. Just so happy. 
I had it deployed at Okinawa for the last six months, six months of my enlistment, after which I planned on going to college. I decided that I was going to get out and go to college, and I'm going to um, you know, become a doctor. That was my goal. So that we knew that that was a long road. She had been planning to maybe move to St. Thomas. And she was going to bartend in St. Thomas, and who knows? She was just kind of a free spirit, but together at the same time. Very, very much together, organized and, and a solid individual. But that's what she wanted to do. She was 24, 25. She wanted to move to St. Thomas and be a bartender, and I'll be damned she did that. And I would later get out and go to school from the ground up and start my life being a professional student, and then finally getting my degree, and so on and so forth. There's a lot of ground we both covered after that. I don't know what she's up to, but last time I saw her, she was still living in St. Thomas. I saw her online. She looked like she was in the Caribbean. Um, so, Susan, 1996, Marine Corps, found a life, found a love, Jimmy Buffett romance. I had a deploy. I remember her sitting in her like uh, Mitsubishi Eclipse or Eagle Talon or whatever, parked outside the um, the barracks with my sea bag and all my gear, my 782 gear on, and we we're about ready to jump on that bus to head up to Cherry Point and fly to Okinawa. And I remember sitting in that car with her and kissing her and hugging her and crying with her and saying, kind of like I got out, a little bit like, oh, look, like almost an, almost an I love you. And then I stopped myself because I knew that that was going to, that would mean something significant. That would set an expectation that I would have to, you know, that we would, she would have to wait for me. And we were just, we were at different places in our life. And I think we had talked about, we have other goals, let's see what happens. And, and so we departed. And I deployed. And that was the end of it. Tried to keep in touch, tried to keep the relationship alive. But she moved on, and I moved on. And, and Jimmy Buffett was a theme in our relationship. I remember she... Well, after I deployed and she was still in town before she moved to St. Thomas, she mailed me this ceramic rhinoceros, like a full-size rhino that was a, uh, a token from the bar, from the marina. It was hanging on the wall. It was a hollow ceramic Hornsby's rhino. And... She sent it, she mailed it to Oki, and the fucking thing broke into a million pieces, and one of my Marines, he liked to do puzzles, he wanted to glue it back together for me. And he got about halfway together, and then said, fuck it, we threw it in a dumpster. And so the rhino shattered, the relationship shattered, on good terms, and... After that point, I really didn't want to. I was kind of done with Jimmy Buffett. But I think I'm ready to selectively 
invite Jimmy back into my life. I'd go to a concert. I'll certainly play his music in my office. It's good, feel-good country music-ish, beachy country, drinking music, positive, good-feeling, good-vibes sort of music. And so um, that's my story about Jimmy Buffett and falling in love and shaking ringworm and a little feature of life that, you know, a memory that you might suppress. You know, I talked to, I was telling my, my friend Ellen, you know, I never really talk about old girlfriends, although my wife, Mandy, will sometimes ask, you know, how many girlfriends did you have or how many girls did you sleep with? And, you know, I don't really, I'm sure I've counted and I've got a basic tab, but I was always kind of a one-woman man, not really, uh, you know, was never looking to to play the field and, you know, or see people and see multiple people or that sort of complicated scenario where you're um, fooling around with everybody, playing the field. That was never my thing. Uh, I was always more simple romantically and dedicated to that one individual. And Who knows, maybe I missed a lot of good times, but no, no regrets. Uh, my point is, though, that I don't want to hear about my wife's uh, old flames. I don't want to hear about her old romances. Right? I think most guys are alike in that sense. I don't want to hear about the people who she she's loved. It's just, um, I don't want to think about her with anybody else. But if you really consider our lives and our experiences... We've all had them, and there there might have been some bad times in a relationship, or otherwise you might have stayed together, but these were experiences that we had, and I don't regret too much about my life or the way that I operated, or the people that I cared for, or the way I treated them. Um, I certainly know some people who were absolute shitbirds when it came to relationships and treating spouses with respect and dignity and um, I was always a good guy as far as I know certainly flawed but uh, I was a stand up guy and a dedicated boyfriend or you know, husband and so I remain that today and then, of course I have a family and two beautiful kids and two dogs and you know, a white picket fence existence and a lot that I've built that I would never trade for anything. But you think about these, uh, my friend Ellen and I were talking about how we have these experiences in our life and we're kind of reluctant to talk about them. She told me then that there was a, you know, she had a, her first love when she was in the Marines and, you know, obviously they it ended and they went, there were probably some feelings hurt. And um, she talked about her husband, how he had, you know, kind of treated his girlfriend like shit that he was with back then and they somehow made um, maintained contact over the years or ran into one another and her husband had said or uh, you know she her husband and had talked to her about it and said yeah I might not have treated her so well back then and she said well I think you should you know, you should apologize to her. Say I'm sorry. 
I thought that's a fucking incredibly powerful thing that some romance or some relationship that occurred 20, 30, 40 years ago and now you're 60 years of age and that you would have the fortitude to say, you know what, I was a jerk back then. I screwed up or I'm sorry or, or hey, that was a great time. You know, I, I remember that. I, I consider, um, I remember the other day about how we had this relationship and, you know, what a bunch of good times. And I hope you're well, that as a human being, we can reach out to somebody in our past, whether it's from a relationship or somebody who we had an experience with and therefore have spent time with and had a respect and, and, and have a memory, memories of this person. To honor that in some way, if it was if there's something worth honoring, I think that that is tremendous, and I'm glad that I had this conversation today with my friend, and I hope Susan's good. I, cher I cherish the memories, and I wonder what she's doing now, and I wish her the best of luck. Played Jimmy Buffett pretty much all day in the office.